Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are back in studio to do part two of this case study. I wanted to do the hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Speak the Truth. <laughs> did that did that come from something? The three hellos? I don't know. I think it just kinda was That's like a Michael lingo apparently. or something. Um mm-hmm. I did I just didn't have anything else to go off of when we first started, so I just kept saying it. So mm. it works. It works. Yeah. So that is Shauna. Uh I am Mike, and there is the infamous Jeremy. Hello. The, the smart one in the room. <laughs> the intellectual man. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're uh, so we're we're gonna have Shauna. She's gonna read the case study again, and we're gonna jump right back into the case study. The case study is really based on anger, and Shauna. Well, yeah. not anger, because in the last episode we kind of went different places with it. So we got good feedback from Topically the last speaking. case study that we did on marriage a couple episodes back, and so the one that you uh, should have listened to last week, we kind of um, just like analyzed the case study, kind of thought through some things of maybe where we would approach it and go with Andy and asking questions and want to get to know um, uh, certain things a little bit deeper further. And so for this episode, we're just going to give you a couple of examples of maybe scriptures that you could actually take to Andy and just walk through the scripture with him in the session so as the counselor or discipler, we want to kind of give you a how-to and a tip of how to work through a scripture in a counseling session, but then we're going to directly apply it to Andy. Now, obviously, as you know, and you listen to this, there's a lots of different ways that you can go, and as a counselor and discipler, you need to make sure that you follow the lead of the Holy Spirit and allow him to lead and guide you and, and help you in this scenario. So we're only giving you a couple examples that you can um, read and study and dig into a little bit deeper and just kind of give an example of how you could actually use it um, to um, communicate to Andy. And since this is a guy, we're going to let Michael and um, Jeremy give the scripture example. So I'm just going to read the case study. So here we go. Andy is 27 years old and just finished college this year. He reports being angry all the time. The majority of his time is spent playing video games with his buddies and getting used to his new career selling office supplies. Andy smokes pot on the occasional weekend is 100 pounds overweight, and couldn't care less. To him, this is life. Growing up, Andy spent most of his time in his bedroom, and since his mother was an irritation to him and father in his own world, Andy learned early how to live his own life in his own way. Football was fun for a year, basketball for two years, and band for two months. In Andy's words, Dad really paid attention when I went out for football, but then seemed embarrassed by how bad I was at it. Andy describes his dad as driven, successful, angry, and out of reach. He describes his mother as smothering. When the family went to church, Andy went to church. Bible sermons and church stuff was a bore to him, and he was happiest when they stopped making him go all together. He knows about Jesus, but admits having no interest in Christianity or any other religion. And that works for some people, but just not for me. Andy is loyal to his friends, but quick to blow up if someone crosses him. People tend to be quite intimidated by Andy and avoid him if they can, but he has a few friends that would do anything for him if called upon. He's energetic about things he's interested in, yet easily bored by everything else. 
He criticizes people often, but hates to be criticized. Though quite guarded, there is something quite likable about Andy. So that's the case study about Andy. And remember the last podcast, we talked through questions and maybe approaches that we would want to dig in a little deeper. And so now for this episode, we just are going to kind of dig into a couple of scripture examples of how we would use it in the counseling session. So Jeremy, since we've already said you're the smartest one in the room, mm-hmm. we're gonna let we're gonna let you get started. So, what is like an example or scripture that you would go to with Andy? Well, um, at some point, uh, you know, once we talk through his faith and things of that nature, uh, whether he was a Christian or not, I, I would probably go to maybe a passage like this to help him gain maybe a. a more of a biblical understanding of, of his life experiences and, and the way he, or the way he's experiencing his life. And it's Jeremiah 17, 5, which is just a um, fundamental passage in the biblical counseling community. But it really tells us a lot. It's a powerful diagnostic uh, that can really paint a powerful picture to someone in Andy's situation. Uh, starting in verse 5 of chapter 17 of Jeremiah, it says this, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Um, It sounds like for, I think even the phrase is in the case study, that Andy learned at some point to live uh, his own life in his own way. Um, and so maybe one of the primary areas where he needs to reconsider uh, some things is that uh, there's a warning here that we are going to live a cursed life if we decide that uh, the the ultimate anchor of our trust is flesh. Mm-hmm. Whether that flesh is another person, and I think that is applicable in this case, or whether it's it's placing trust in my own flesh, in my own perspective. And he decided at some point, I'm going to live my life in my own way. Maybe he was felt neglected by dad, smothered by mom. So he decided to just sort of jump out on his own and and create his own uh, way of living. And in doing so, it sounds like he has uh, reaped exactly what Jeremiah said he would reap if he puts his trust in man or puts his... uh, trust in in flesh in so doing he automatically has turned his heart away from the lord and his life looks like this dying withering shrub in the desert now Mm -hmm. Uh, when i read this case study he sounds like a pretty miserable human being and so i'm i might have him begin to to consider you know does your do, do you think your life looks like a shrub or uh, in the next few verses, starting verse 7, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. And it is not anxious in a year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So mm-hmm. this contrast of, of Andy, if you examine your life, do you think it images more a dying, withering shrub in the desert that really can't see the good? in life or are you this thriving fruit bearing tree that is experiencing heat and drought but continues to be very fruitful in your life i would want him to just see that image of you know which one do you resonate with more and then i might point out to him you know here here's what i hear from you you're very uh, unmotivated 
uh, you're really overweight and don't really care to the point that it, it's really a danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like there's a lot of anger in, in your heart, mm-hmm. uh, a pretty negative outlook on life. I hear a sense of purposelessness. You seem to be very guarded, mm-hmm. which might indicate there's some insecurity. Um, sounds like there's some some high levels of sensitivity if someone confronts you. Um, and just very unmotivated. And when, I, when I'm when i hearing the story, uh, those attributes sound a lot like a dying shrub. Mm. And when we think about what's the cause of this dying shrub, it's not my dad, it's not my mom, it's, it's none of that. It's that I decided to put my trust in myself and figure out life lived in my own way. Mm-hmm. And I am, I am reaping exactly what the prophet thousands of years ago told me I would reap, which is a cursed life that looks like a shrub. I might not say all that to him, but I would want to back and forth begin to try to help him see that um, his life is a shrub, and the reason it is is because his trust is anchored in a place that cannot bring life. So good. Yeah, I got nothing. Would you have, <laughs> would, would in, in using this scripture, is there anything that you would maybe give him to work on throughout the week that would allow him to be productive outside of the counseling room that would help you progress as the counselor in the room? Any thoughts there? Something I would want him to, to wrestle with early is, again, like we talked in the last um, podcast, he, it sounds like, in many of these areas, he places the location of the problem outside of himself. Mm-hmm. And I would want him to wrestle with, you know, is it possible that because you've chosen to place your trust in you and your way is the way and you don't really let other people in mm-hmm. and you've thrown Christianity aside, is it possible that because of the decision to trust your way that that's the reason why all of these things are the way they are? I would want him to wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. And if he came back and said no, then I would I would work with him to push back, to try to bring questions to him uh, to rethink that. Mm-hmm. As far as, as some practical things, I would encourage him uh, to begin to th- consider a new routine for his life, mm. playing hours and hours and hours of video games mm-hmm. and, and sitting around smoking pot is not really going to get him much further down the road. These are, and I might ask, you know, bring me another routine or, or let's, let's put something in your routine each day that's different than what it is. And as you try to live that out, if it creates friction, if it creates frustration, if you want to come back and tell me off because I've asked you to do that, let's go there that's awesome. and talk about why, why are you so irritated with doing something else or why is there, you know, you're here, uh, getting counsel, but when you walk out of here, you don't want to follow that counsel. What is that showing us? Mm -hmm. That's really good. That's awesome. All right, Michael. Yeah. I know I I wouldn't want to follow Jeremy either. No, that, that was, (laughs) no, no, that, that was really good. Um, But I think, I I think (laughs) outside of that self-reflective posture that that text hopefully produces outside of that, I would, I would, you know, I, I would try to help him understand biblically speaking what is anger? Like, what is it about? So even outside of what Jeremy's saying is mm. getting him to that place, you know, d- does he understand anger to the point where I'd have him do, uh, you know, like a scripture on the back uh, index or whatever, just like the word anger and just look at and read 20 verses that have to do with anger and see 
there's a direct correlation between anger and wrath. And when God is angry, it's for a moral reason. So going back to, to some extent what you're saying, when you're the final like arbiter. righteous anger? Right. When you're the final arbiter of all things and the world revolves around you, you become angry when things don't work out what mm-hmm. you want them to be because you've reduced the universe to your desires. Mm-hmm. Um, and just helping them see that, well, actually, when you read Scripture, Proverbs, for example, anger is a huge, uh, if I could say it this way, anger is a huge revealer of who's who's on the throne of our hearts and what why are we getting angry what's around that anger and like jeremy said he's getting angry with the circumstances outside of himself and he's attributing that to it's everything but him and so to jeremy's point in helping him realize could it be possible the could it be possible application of what i would present him with would be the scriptures and saying hey look there's 272 results of anger in Scripture, Old and New Testament. Who's te- who's typically the object of the anger, and who's the subject? And like, not to get in like these grammatical conversations, but helping them understand like there there there's something real about anger, and that's what I love so beautifully with Jeremiah 17 and just that reality that you know uh, if if you can't be in a dry parched land it's clearly obvious that it's not the circumstances. It's something within that, despite the circumstance that's allowing you to sustain. So apparently what you think you're accomplishing by being the final arbiter of your world, um, in your destiny, look how easily frustrated you get. So do you really have control of that? I would suggest that you don't. What do you think? And so I would just begin to come at them with those things. So that would be, um, again, I mean, there's tons of scripture verses to kind of go mm-hmm. to when it comes to anger. Um, and then well, and I think that was good to give just that practical um, thought process of even if we aren't 100% sure or like what part of the process of the counseling, if we're 100% that he's a believer at that point, you can still go to the Bible index on anger and just have him write out those scriptures and just see what he wrestles with, right? He might come back and say, I don't believe any of this garbage, you know, but at least you get to meet him where he is and um, and just really kind of be that open forum where he can talk about things that um, uh, maybe he doesn't have a space in his life with his mom and dad and the relationship mm-hmm. that it said in this case that he, he might not have any. And then even what he talked about from the church or whatever might not have a space to openly be able to wrestle and talk about with these things. So even if he's saying, I don't believe this stuff, um, you know, that you're able to create that environment atmosphere and, and show him uh, that patient love, you know, to be able to give him that space to talk through those types of things. Right, mm-hmm. yes. Jeremy? And I think uh, a vital verse that I would never want to leave out of the whole Jeremiah 17 is the, the following two verses right after what I just read, verses 9 and 10. Mm-hmm. Because it gives, us, it gives us a lens for Andy to consider... Uh, what scripture says about human nature. Mm-hmm. It also gives me an opportunity to let Andy know I'm a lot more like him than not, because this is true of me also. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. So a very emphatic statement there that my heart can lie to me as I'm responding to my stressors and my struggles and maybe a homework assignment would be, what are some lies in your thoughts or mm-hmm. lies in what you want um, 
that have emerged through your life experiences, and let's re-examine those and see if 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 we can come to uh, some conclusions that are more reasonable and biblical. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like too when when you have them create a list of like the lies because then in your counseling room you can help them replace it with the truth of God's word. Yes. You know when someone's not as familiar with the Bible to give them that head start just to see. Um, the truth that it says to replace that lie is always a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're um, into a remove and replace theology. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. lastly, I know we got to wrap up, but just one other thought is some people who um, might not fully, uh, you know, say that when he actually said, well, that works for some people, but just not for me. You know, when we read the case study, some people relate to stories as well in the Bible. And so just, I know we're talking about a guy here, but, I just think in general, um, you know, uh, bringing him to a story, like reading a story with him in the counseling session might allow him just to see how other people were rejected. So like uh, Joseph's story in Psalm 37, you know, is an example from scripture where his brothers, you know, he felt Joseph felt rejected by their father or the brothers felt rejected by their father. And so yet they were jealous of the love that he had towards Joseph. And, mm-hmm. and then you'll read in the story, like obviously with them um, on what happened there and then how Joseph just really responded um, with, with a godly motivation versus self motivation. And then you can kind of encourage them and just wrestle through what is this story telling us in the Bible and allowing him to kind of see um, how God worked here. And then obviously there's, um, you know, with Jonathan towards Saul, that when the injustice occurred, you can read in first Samuel 20, um, you know, the story there and just seeing what happened there and how that played out. And so sometimes when you bring things like that to life, people can relate and jump into Mm -hmm. that, but you're not just sharing another story of another client or even my own personal story where sometimes they can walk away and say, I just sat in a session and all I did was hear about you well, now I'm not saying that it's not okay to talk about those things that you personally struggle with because you want to be relatable to your counselee. But I do believe with someone like Andy who's wrestling at all these different levels to be able to bring a true story from Scripture to life that could possibly relate to exactly what he's walking through, the injustice he might felt or the rejected rejection by his father or family um, might really be able to speak directly into his heart and the things that Jeremy walked us through from Jeremiah 17. So anyways, we got to go. We hope that this case study has been helpful to you. But remember, if there's any other topics you'd like us to talk about, just send us an email at topics at speakthetruth.org. And until then, keep speaking the truth.